Or you want to run the story? You got five hours until eight o'clock. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Welcome to the Collegian Weekend Review. Here's your hosts, Maddie Welsh and Lauren Scott. You're listening to the Collegian Weekend Review on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. We're your hosts, Maddie Welsh and Lauren Scott. And today we'll be hearing from Michael Bachman about the college's new minor in military history and grand strategy. We'll also be hearing about Charger Sports from Christian Pakdimit. Then Ben Wilson will tell us about the action shooting team. Finally, we'll hear from Carly Moran about Hillsdale students and faculty who have ties to the war between Ukraine and Russia. This is Lauren, and I am here with Michael Bachman. He is an assistant editor for the Collegian, and he wrote an article about how the history department is actually adding a new minor. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this new minor? Yeah, so the new minor that they're adding is called Military History and Grand Strategy. It's actually going to be part of a larger campaign to introduce a um, center for military history and grand strategy at Hillsdale. This was per President Arn's request. He really wants Hillsdale to be a leading figure in um, sending students to D.C. to write policy and to serve in the military. And in talking to Dr. Gutierrez and Dr. Stewart for this article, I also kind of learned that that's something that is not too common and not many other schools have it. And that military history is really becoming a discipline that is often forgot about at other colleges. Or if it is taught, it is through a very negative lens where they treat it as something that can lead to warmongering and that anyone who majors in military history just wants to go either fight in wars or just be this really geeky history guy who knows all the serial numbers of muskets and random dates and stuff like that. What professors did you interview and what did they have to say? So I interviewed Dr. Stewart. He he first um, called the Collegian a dirty rag um, when our interview began. Oh my. Jokingly, of course. Dr. Stewart is is a is a big joker. Um, but he he actually um, went to school for military history. So this is what he was trained in. And he just explained to me more the mechanics of what the new minor is going to be. It's going to include four core classes, um, grand strategy in the ancient time, medieval time, modern time, and also American. And then it's also going to include two electives. And then I spoke to Dr. Gutierrez, who kind of approached it from more of the philosophical pedagogy perspective. Um, and he really emphasized that war is a human universal. So it's important that we study it because it's something that we're going to always be contending with. But it's also as a human universal, it's something that we can learn about and apply those lessons even in our daily lives. You mentioned that war is a human universal. Can you talk a little bit more about that and specifically why studying military history is important? Yeah, so human nature is inherently, obviously we're great and we're capable of amazing things, but we're also capable of amazingly evil things, one of which being war. And I think we have this modern idea that we have progressed past the point of conflict and past the point of war. But right now, as we're seeing with the conflict in Ukraine, uh, we have not progressed progress past that point and we never will because it's inherent to the human condition and I think it's something that speaks to like a I think the flawed pride uh, in our modern culture that we think we're somehow superior and we're so enlightened that you know we never need to resort to war even though we're currently living through a war. 
How is this important for Hillsdale College and what we stand for? Uh, as I said earlier, this is part of the first pillar for uh, the larger Center for Military History and Grand Strategy. The other parts are going to be a like a summer seminar, a publication, and one other thing I forgot. Um, but I think it's really important for the minor to be the basis for all those because they'll provide kind of the educational like underpinnings. And I think it will... It's just important to help Hillsdale continue to expand its presence. We need to send good, smart, ethical Christian people to go to D.C. and help um, lead the country. So I think that's really important. And again, like Impermiss and all the other things that Hillsdale does, it's just another way that they're going to get their name out there more and to increase their presence. Thank you so much for joining us today, Michael. Thank you for having me, Lauren. Radio Free Hillsdale's The Collegian Week in Review continues. I'm Maddie, and I'm here with Christian peck the sports editor of The Collegian. Uh, the past few days, he was down in Evansville calling the Charger basketball game. So, Christian, tell us a little bit about this story. Luke went down there, uh, I believe it was Sunday night. He lives in Indiana. Uh, he got to go to, like, the open practices that they have, uh, kind of scout both teams, uh, which is really cool. Go to some press conferences. Uh, Nick, Tralia, and I then kind of popped down. Just had a great time. Called the game. So how did the game go for the Chargers? So not great. Part of the experience was then you get to go. Uh, they have like live in-person press conferences, right? And so the players, uh, I asked, got to ask a couple of questions and, you know, what they say kind of reflected the, uh, the sentiment of just the game stank, right? Couldn't hit a shot. Um, four of 29 from three, and you kind of hate to go out like that, but at the same time, they made it to the Elite Eight for the first time in program history, Sweet 16 uh, for only the second time in program history, and it's just kind of this breakthrough year, amazing year, and it just, I think, the loss kind of stings. You take a couple weeks, get over it, and then you look back and you say, we had an all-time run, and of course, part of that, Pat Cartier became the first Charger in program history to be named first team uh, All-American. Who were some of the star players of the season? We put together, uh, with the help of our design editor, uh, Reagan Genschieski, a great, toot my own horn here, but a uh, great looking A-10. And uh, kind of on the bottom of this page, there's a picture of Austin and Tavon, who were actually, I believe, freshman year roommates, uh, and now kind of graduating together. They're both fifth-year seniors, both great contributors. Austin started for the team. He started, I want to say, three years straight now, and he's uh, graduates. He goes out as, I believe, the eighth best rebounder in program history, and either the 29th or 30th best scorer in program history. Uh, and Tavon was probably by far the best defender on the team, and just like a, a great kind of defensive anchor off the bench. Uh, and of course, Pat was uh, incredible. Averaged, I think it was 23 or 22 points per game uh, on eight <laughs> on a program record 63 percent from the field which is incredible uh no other player was it he i think it was he's ninth in points per game in the nation and like seventh in field goal percent in the nation and no other player is in top is even even in the top 15 in both so it just speaks to how good he is and then uh just some other notable guys uh joe Ruder coming off the bench most of the season was uh gmac freshman of the year as well what were some of the other interesting stories in the sports section this week? So uh, we actually had some great ones. Uh, two jumps to A1, uh, so stories on the front page. Shotgun and pistol. The pistol team, I believe, got first 
in the nation. Uh, and they're, you know, the newest varsity sport, you know, at the college. So that's a, a really big deal, of course, to be best in the nation at anything, really. And shotgun, uh, we were represented by two chargers, uh, a an assistant coach, and then Ida Brown, who's on the team, who, you know, just went crazy. Both got silvers at uh, the shotgun, the ISSF World Cup. And, uh, you know, just incredible to have that kind of representation, uh, you know, kind of on the world stage uh, for obviously not a lot of people, you know, going to Hillsdale kind of think of it as a, as a sporty school or, you know, uh, one focused on athletics, but had some, had some good, uh, some good content this week for sure. Softball, uh, they're really starting to put it together right as they enter GMAC, so the perfect time. Uh, did not start the season record-wise, at least, so hot. Uh, then, you know, kind of as the, the, the trend of the last couple of years continues, they put it together over spring break. They went 7-5 and five over spring break, including a six-game win streak, which is, of course, a big deal. So looking good there. Uh, Elise Mason went and uh, raced in a couple different races, actually, at the, the NCAA National Championship and uh, outperformed kind of her seeding, so what she was expected uh, to do there. So really another kind of big deal, especially her being a freshman doing it this uh, kind of in her first year. Uh, both the women's and the men's tennis teams uh, went down south to Florida over spring break. They both kind of faced some top 20 type teams, some good experience, and then both of them came up and played their first match of GMAC play uh, on Saturday and, you know, really did well. Both of them won. The women's, I think it was, uh, yeah, 6-1, and then the men's won 5-2. So, obviously, a really good way to start off uh, GMAC play for them as well, especially because both the women's and the men's team won the GMAC tournament uh, last year. Thank you for coming on, Christian. Of course. You're listening to the Collegian Week in Review. This is Lauren, and I am here with Benjamin Wilson, the editor-in-chief of The Collegian, so he's pretty much a big deal around here. And he wrote an article about the Hillsdale College action shooting team and how they won first in the nation in model 1911 shooting. Thank you so much for having me on, Lauren. It is a pleasure to be back on the show. And yes, I did write this article, and this was a fun one because not only did I write it, but I got to travel for it. So the Friday before spring break, I woke up early and got on one of those dreaded Hillsdale College buses and drove 12 hours to Talladega, Alabama with the action shooting team and stayed with them for the next three days as they competed um, in the national tournament um, and got to watch all of it, got to watch all of their shooting, um, got to hang out with them and really see it, which really helped write the article and was a really cool experience. Um, And I'm happy with how it turned out. And they're happy with how it turned out, considering their results. Who are some of the individuals who competed in this, and how did they do? Yeah, so perhaps the biggest win, as you said, um, with the title, is that they did win first place um, in Model 1911 shooting. So let me kind of give some premise. A lot of people don't know what action shooting is. So what this team does is we have a shotgun team at the college, and we also have a pistol team. Um, And this is the pistol team. It's called action shooting. So they have still targets, um, some small, some big. And they have different courses. Um, I think there were four or five that they that they uh, rotated between. And sometimes it's really small targets all in a line. Sometimes they're of different distances. It's, 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 it's a different setup um, with each time that they do it. Um, but the goal is to hit all the targets as accurately as possible, as quickly as possible. And each individual goes up, shoots one, two, three, four, five. Um, and then the second they're done, timing stops. 
and obviously the quicker you do it the better and all the individual times are combined uh, to get a total time for the team the squad so the hillsdale team uh, broke into squads a and b and these two different squads competed in both 1911 shooting and center fire shooting um, so those are on two different days so the two squads did two different types of shooting if that makes sense and the biggest takeaway was the 1911 we found a lot of success in so our a squad which had um, senior zach ailes Gregory Clement, uh, Conrad Lewig, and Zach Steiger. Uh, those four guys killed it and got first place um, in the nation, beating schools like West Point, Texas A&M, Virginia Tech. So we really did show up, and they did a fantastic job. You mentioned you were able to travel and watch this competition take place. How was that getting to actually travel and watch this unfold and then get to report on it? It was fun. I definitely kind of wanted to make it more of a feature, which I didn't have time and it really wouldn't have fit. But when you spend four days with the team, you kind of want to write more of a feature story just because you have funny tidbits, different anecdotes uh, of what happened. Um, and it's a, it's a fun group of guys. There's three vets and, you know, vets, they have all their different stories and, and, and everyone's just hilarious. And it's just a chaotic bus ride um, down to the south to compete. So it was a lot of fun. And I had a lot of friends on the team. So that's why I chose to go. Um, and um, we haven't really covered them a lot at the Collegian because they're a new team. So the action shooting team has been in place for five years. But this is the first year that they were officially recognized as a collegiate sport by Hillsdale College. So I wanted to make sure they got the proper coverage that they deserve um, in the Collegian. And to do that was just to go down with them, hang out with them for a few days. And it, was, it was a fun spring break. Got to go to Alabama. Perhaps the worst part of it, though, I have to say, is it was freezing. You know, if you go to Alabama on your spring break, you think, I mean, I brought shorts. You know, I'm like, do I need to SPF? Like, are we like, what are we doing here? I'm leaving Michigan. If I'm sitting in a bus for 12 hours on my spring break, I, I, I want to wear something of a short or t-shirt variety. Absolutely not. I wore three layers. I had hand warmers. It's a disaster. But I did not go for the weather. And uh, it was warm the last day, so there was a little bit of a vindication in that. But All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Benjamin Wilson. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren, and go Chargers. You're listening to the Collegian Week in Review. I'm Maddie, and I'm here with Carly Moran, who is a Collegian freelancer. This week, Carly wrote about Hillsdale students and staff with ties to the Ukraine and the current crisis that's going on there. So, Carly, tell me a little bit more about this story. Right. So I interviewed three different people at Hillsdale about the situation. Um, so first I interviewed Emilia, and she has grandparents that were born in Ukraine and immigrated here as asylum seekers during World War II. And since then, her family still has continuously been very involved in Ukrainian culture. They're a very tight-knit community, especially in Detroit, where she's from. And then because of the situation currently going on, um, which she does say it's something that has always been an issue, but it has not come to the forefront until now. She has been protesting and raising awareness, especially on campus. In fact, she will be having a tribute concert displaying Ukrainian culture and praying for the situation um, this Sunday, actually, I believe at 6 p.m. in Christ Chapel. So that's just a little snapshot of what she does. And then the other two people that I interviewed, um, first of all, was Dr. Navratskaya. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Um, but Dr. Dr. Anna, she's super sweet. She's a French professor on campus. Um, she is actually from Russia. So she was born and raised in Russia, and she immigrated after the Cold War in 1995. And 
so she grew up in that environment. She said her mom absolutely hated communism and wouldn't try would try to avoid having her go outside at least by herself with frequency because she didn't want her daughter to be exposed to the propaganda the statues things like that in her community so she's from st petersburg but she immigrated in 1995 to hillsdale where she's now a french professor and she loves it here but she's now having to tackle the issue of what does it mean to be russian during this time because of course she's american but she also growing up in Russia, that is a major part of her identity. So there's this sense of guilt alongside that, even though it's not her fault, but just she said she doesn't feel comfortable speaking Russian anymore, participating in any Russian culture at all, just because she feels as though that is not something to be proud of in any way anymore. And then last, I had um, Bolash, who's a friend of mine, a friend of a lot of my friends, actually. He's a good guy, and he's currently a senior who's an exchange student here at Hillsdale for the year. And it was really great talking to him because he is from the border of Hungary and Ukraine. And other Eastern European countries, such as Ukraine and Romania and Poland, have been very involved um, compared to other countries in giving aid to Ukrainians that are fleeing the country. And there are also a lot of Hungarians, um, or at least Ukrainians of Hungarian descent that are currently trapped in the country as well. And they're trying to get them to escape the country in as simple a way as possible. But things aren't very simple right now. So he talked to me a bit about that as well and the inflation rates and how that's affecting the average European. What did you learn in the process of writing this uh, article that you didn't know before? You know, I wouldn't say it's necessarily something I didn't know before but it's something that has definitely been illustrated before my eyes to me is that nothing is simple in the human experience let alone especially war you know I think as Americans it's easy to not only glamorize war but I think just be completely unaware of it Um, we do the same with a lot of negative things like death and illness And I think in the past couple of years, Americans have really had to come to terms with the more negative things that we're able to be shielded from in our current first world 21st century society, however you want to put it. Um, There is no hiding anymore. And I think I especially saw that for myself by being able to speak to those people. You know, people cried in these interviews. People are afraid. And it's not just a simple oh no, I forgot to study before my math exam, sort of afraid. People are worried that their families are going to die. That is not a simple thing. And, you know, these past couple of years, we've had, as Americans in our comfy homes, we've had to come to terms with some things like that as well, whether it's with COVID or, um, you know, the past couple of elections. Things have been a lot more uncertain. And so I realized people in other countries have not had that comfort that we have had at all. And it's really coming to the surface right now. What are some of the things that maybe shocked you that um, these students and this faculty member told you? I think the most shocking thing that I found, because there are certainly a lot of shocking things, but what will stand out to me, what I won't forget, is um, Dr. Navratskaya. She told me, that it's not a question of if her friend is going to starve. She specifically told me my friend is going 
to starve. And this is a friend that is in Russia. It's just this elderly woman. She hasn't done anything wrong. And, you know, we can argue Russia certainly has done things that are wrong, but this elderly woman hasn't. She's just living her life. And she's going to starve because she was already in poverty when this situation started. And Dr. Navratskaya can't send money or aid to her because everything's been blocked off. And because of that, this woman who could only afford, I believe, one meal a day now can't even afford one meal a day. I don't know how you deal with those things, whether it's them dealing with the frightening fact that she most likely will die eventually, not of natural causes at all. Um, But especially as Hillsdale students, where a lot of us want to be in power one day, whether that's in politics or journalism or as teachers, we are going to have to make those decisions. Anyone that wants to be involved in politics and government in any sort of way, it's frightening that we as Americans can make decisions, I think, for people that are thousands of miles away that are life or death and are, you know, I'm not saying I'm for or against the sanctions. That's not my place on this radio show today. And that could we could talk about that for hours. But I do think, though, that that is something we have to take seriously that our decisions, even if they might seem a little silly, sometimes do cause people to either die or survive. Thank you for coming on the show, Carly. Thank you. I hope you aren't too sad now. I'm sorry. You have been listening to the Collegian Week in Review on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM with your host, Lauren Scott and Maddie Welsh. You can find the Collegian on Instagram at hdalecollegian or online at www.hillsdalecollegian.com. Again, this has been the Collegian Week in Review on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.